0: Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley.
1: Okay, this can occur whether we're working out in the yard, whether we're at the park, whether we're walking down the street. Certainly, it'll be an issue that we'll need to deal with if we're into a bug out type situation or even if we're just having to hunker down someplace besides inside the house, and that's stinging critters.
0: You know, you said bug out. I thought, that's a cute pun, because we're talking about bugs that sting or bite that can cause harm and and affliction to our skin, and we don't like that, not one bit. Here's just a little comprehensive list of what some of the stinging bugs we have in America, and that would be this list of bees, wasps, hornets, Yellow jackets, horse flies, bumblebees, fire ants and scorpions that can sting and spiders will bite, which hurts like a sting.
1: Mm -hmm. And sometimes can be treated the same unless you're in a certain class of spider and scorpion, and we'll deal with that in a little bit. But what we're dealing with today is stinging critter stings. Now, the most common reaction to stings, and we've all had them of some type is pain, swelling, redness around the bite, even fever around the site, and possibly even numbness in that area.
0: There's also a group of people that are highly allergic to any kind of a stinging or biting bug that would cause a histamine reaction. In their case, it is a life-threatening emergency. There are those folks whose throats will begin to swell and close, their breathing becomes shallow, their heart Rate can elevate and they can be in a very seriously bad state. They have to receive emergency medical care. They have to call 911. They have to get to the ER. So, for some people, avoiding a sting or a bite is literally the difference between life and death.
1: Mm -hmm. And for those that are aware of that situation, many of them carry what's called an EpiPen. It's the medication epinephrine. And you just Jab it into your skin and push is really all it is. And it's something that gets these people out of trouble because immediate administration of epinephrine can be the difference between life and Mm -hmm. death.
0: I've seen, I've actually witnessed that when I was teaching in a school.
1: And for those folks, that EpiPen being available makes the difference because sometimes. Medical help could be, depending on where you are, anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes away. It's true. So we want to do that, be aware of that. But thankfully, most stings are not life-threatening and are easily treated.
0: Yes, the first thing you want to do once you know you've been stung is to remove that stinger if it's still lodged in your skin. Be careful not to squeeze the stinger, because that's going to release more of that venom into your skin.
1: This is not the time to be using tweezers to exactly. get that out. Exactly.
0: You want to try to scrape the stinger as if you were like running a butter knife across butter. You want to use maybe a, a credit card or a blunt non-sharp knife edge to scrape across to dislodge the stinger. And
1: it'll be very obvious when you see it come loose. Uh-huh. And then wash that affected area after that.
0: You can use some ice packs, maybe what I would call some wrapped ice packs. I wouldn't put ice directly on the skin. I would wrap an ice pack in maybe a small towel or fabric or shirt and then apply that to reduce some of the pain and swelling.
1: There are also a lot of over-the-counter antihistamines and topical anti-itch creams and even pain relievers that can help. One of them's called Afterbite. Right. We use after. We carry Afterbite, and we have some little sting kill ampules. Mm-hmm. You just crush them, and I don't know that there's an expiration on them. I have them in my hunting bag that have been in there for years and years. But when you crush it, that green liquid uh, releases into that piece of cotton, and you can just dab it onto the side of the injury.
0: We've added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee, so you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. Here's the next one that I've actually used personally on myself. I got a honeybee sting when I was a kid, and I remember my grandmother telling me about making a paste out of baking soda and water, something along the lines of almost like a peanut butter consistency, kind of wet and spreadable, but also will hold its shape. You can apply that directly to the sting site, and it will immediately cool the skin, and it will stop your desire to want to itch and scratch, because the itching and the scratching can tear your skin open and can actually make the sting uh, effect even worse. So that baking soda and water paste onto the sting site directly, very, very soothing to the skin. I have done that personally, actually more than once.
1: And then there's the old-timers remedy, and I heard a friend of mine the other day talking to his wife on the phone, and I heard him telling her to do that, and this is to use tobacco juice. Now, you can use... Chewing tobacco, you can use some dip, you can use snuff, you can use cigarette tobacco, you can use cigar tobacco, anything like that. And if you're not one that chews and somebody has some there, you can put it in some little container and put a little bit of water in there with it just to get it wet. And then you can put that wad of tobacco onto the sting, and that's an old-timers remedy, and it works fairly well.
0: How about that? Did not know that. Learned something today.
1: Now, here's some signs of severe reactions, and folks, this is when it's time to call 911 in America or whatever the emergency number is in your country or your state or your locale, because this is a true medical emergency, and you need to get help on the way. Chris mentioned some of these a while ago. Difficulty breathing, rapid heart rate, swelling of the lips or the throat, nausea or vomiting, fever, and that's sudden and severe fever, muscle spasms, confusion, loss of consciousness. Any of these symptoms, you need to be getting professional help on the way.
0: Now, we're going to jump over to spider bites for just a moment, and we realize that the list that we're going to get into can include some American species of spiders, and several of these are international. These are foreign spiders, but we we need to know these things because many of us travel internationally, and many of us are going on all sorts of Uh, environmental safaris, where we're getting into the wild and in the environment. And we're going into where these spiders live. And so you need to be very aware. Keep that insect repellent on you at all times. But in the unfortunate event of being bitten by one of these, and I'm going to give you the list of the ones that we believe you need to seek medical care immediately without thinking
1: about You must get medical care. Right, regardless of what the symptoms may be. Exactly. And a few of these live around our backyard.
0: They do. And the list would include the black widows, the red widows, and the brown widow spiders, the brown recluse spider.
1: This one's my favorite. The
0: hobo spider, the Brazilian wandering spider, the six eyed sand spider the Australian mouse spider, the Australian funnel web spider, the redback spider, and the katipo spider.
1: Any bites by one of those spiders needs to seek emergency medical care regardless of what the symptoms may be. Now here's another one to put into that category, and that is all scorpion stings should be treated in the emergency room regardless of the symptoms.
0: Interesting, yes. Fun fact, a scorpion is included in the group of spiders because technically a scorpion is an arachnid, not an insect. Why? An arachnid, like a spider, has eight legs where an insect only has six. So whenever you're trying to research spiders and scorpions, always research them in the arachnid group because that's where they are.
1: I learned something today. Me too. Anything else you want to add?
0: Try to avoid insect bites. Make sure to carry insect repellent. Make sure to use insect repellent. Think like a bug. If you were a bug, where would you go on your body? And make certain that when you're out of doors that you have that insect repellent to give yourself the best opportunity to not be bitten or stung.
1: And this is something that we want to do what we can to keep them away from our house, whether it is natural barriers of certain types of plants whether it is using pesticide, natural pesticide, chemical pesticide, whether it's using, and I know that you have used, a number of times you've used, some type of essential oil to keep away spiders and such as that.
0: Yes, there is a solution you can make with peppermint oil and water, and it's easily Googled. You can look on Pinterest for peppermint oil spider spray. Mm-hmm. Very easy to make, and it's not expensive. You can use any grade of peppermint oil. It does not have to be certified therapeutic peppermint oil. You can buy very inexpensive peppermint oil at most drugstores.
1: We want to do what we can to keep those away. When we're out walking in the woods, we want to definitely spray around our legs, our pants legs, up our socks and things like that with insect repellent so that we don't have ticks and chiggers crawling up our legs.
0: I even spray the back of my neck as well because I just want to make sure I don't have anything landing on me back there and crawling up my neck.
1: Chiggers used to be a really big thing that we would get into as young children playing outside and such as that and there are also some things that you can do and i think we were talking about this the other day with the martin houses is that they will eat a lot of mosquitoes certain birds that will eat chiggers and ticks and things like that
0: and we also encourage you to allow the native lizard species to walk all over your homes and around in your gardens because they're eating up pounds and pounds and pounds of these critters. It doesn't hurt them, but they're doing us a big favor. So if you see a little green anole or a little skink or one of those types of native lizards that in your area that is mainly a bug eating lizard, let them eat the bugs and they're not going to bother you.
1: Right. Anything else you want to add now? Don't get stung, don't get bit. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.